Good evening. Today is Monday, August 7th, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step is step four, and our speaker tonight is Kathy M. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for having me tonight. I'm honored to be here. Um, I will start with my before and after pictures. Um, these are pretty um, obvious <laughs> that I am a compulsive overeater. Um, I noticed in these pictures that I always kind of had a smirk on my face because I hated to have my picture taken. And these are really about the only two pictures I have when I was as at my highest weight. Um, this picture was a happy day for our family. My youngest daughter was married and um, a lot of people make a big to do about the mother of the bride's dress. I bought mine the night before the wedding. Um, I had a hard time finding my size. And the shoes I had to buy were um, a size bigger so that my foot could fit in it. And I almost walked out of them when I was walking down the aisle. So um, th these pictures here was actually a year after I lost my first hundred pounds, which um, I did shortly a few years after I was married. Within a year of being married, I had gained a hundred pounds. I was not overweight as a child, but um, as soon as I had some freedom, I, my compulsive overeating started. The good news is this is where I am today. Um, and I love these pictures because I, I never had a picture of me smiling. And you can kind of see the joy in my face in these pictures. Sorry about the elf one there. <laughs> okay, so I am um, reading from a script because um, it's just easier for my brain that way. So bear with me. Um, again, my name is Kathy M. And I am without a doubt a compulsive overeater. My pictures really tell the story, but only about the outside of me. The real story is what happened on the inside. I was a champion dieter, having lost over 100 pounds at least four times in my adult life. Every diet did the trick for a few weeks, fulfilling me with a false sense of achievement. Many years and failures later, the most significant transformation came from the inside out. The transformation was a spiritual awakening that happened in my mind and heart, and more importantly, with God's grace, my soul. So tonight, I've been asked to speak on step four. I don't know what many of my fellows thought when presented with the idea that they may have resentments and flaws that needed to be inventoried, but I was certain, for me, this was some kind of mix-up. I needed to lose close to 200 pounds, and I was sure my resentments and my flaws had nothing to do with my obesity. I saw myself as a victim. I ate because of what other people did to me. I was the typical, oh, poor me eater. The big book says we need to discover the truth by doing a searching and fearless inventory. On page 64, it says we did the exact same thing with our lives. We took stock, honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We considered its common manifestations. The big book says resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more compulsive overeaters than anyone else. From it stems all forms of spiritual disease, for we are not only mentally and physically ill, but we have been spiritually sick. I, I read that and I was just like, hold on just a minute. I understand that I might be physically and maybe mentally sick, but spiritually sick? 
that can't be me. I have a relationship with God. I'm always on my knees asking him for something to be fixed. How could I be spiritually sick? I had experienced difficult circumstances and even mistreatment in my formative life. I saw everything through the lens of being a victim. Nothing was in my control. Nothing was my fault. And everyone else was to blame. Now, in OA program, I was asked to see the role I had played in order to recover and healing to begin. This seemed like a too tall order. In step two, I had to find a new God to serve. I had to look at how I had given power to the people I love more than God. It hurts me actually to say that out loud, but it's true. The punitive, unmerciful higher power was no longer working for me. This was a big step for me because it meant letting go of my control, dishonesty, selfishness, self-seeking, and fear. Believing I actually had to believe I had all those defects. I had to be convinced that there was a power greater than myself that could help me with my compulsive eating. And I had to look at my part. In step three, I was asked to turn my will and my life over to the care of a higher power as I understood it. I was willing and wanted to believe that God was interested in what I put in my mouth, but I doubted that he could do for me what I couldn't do for myself. However, I was willing to find out and my conception of God began to evolve into a loving, gracious, merciful higher power who was interested in everything I did, even in what I ate. Through this process, I also had to confront my misconceptions about God. I realized my idea of a punitive and judgmental God who was always looking for me to mess up was totally inaccurate. I needed to let go of those false beliefs and open myself up to a new understanding of a loving and compassionate higher power. In step four, I was tasked with taking a fearless and searching inventory of myself. This meant looking at all aspects of my life, accepting I had flaws and shortcomings and not everything was everyone else's fault. At first, I resisted this idea because I believed my flaws had nothing to do with overeating. I blamed others for my struggles and saw myself as a victim, the same victim I had been in my childhood. Being a victim seemed such a normal place for me, but now the victim role no longer worked. The big book told me I had to put out of my mind the wrongs other people had done to me. We resolutely begin to look at our own mistake. A personal inventory must include an intense self-appraisal and honest evaluation of what is blocking me from the true spiritual help. We have all heard the expression peeling back the onion. As I delve deeper into the process, I realized that my resentment was a major contributor to my compulsive reading. I held on to grudges and anger towards others, which only fueled my unhealthy relationship with food. I began to understand that my spiritual sickness was connected to my resentment and the negative emotions I carried. I used food to soothe my body and my soul, and it worked until it didn't. It was a difficult realization to accept that I had been spiritually sick. I had always thought my relationship with God was strong because I was constantly praying for help with my weight. But my prayers always looked like this. Dear God, I have to speak tomorrow in front of a few hundred people. Can you make me look 100 pounds lighter? I can't tell you how often I prayed that prayer, but I missed the mark in understanding the true nature of spirituality. It wasn't just about asking for things to be fixed, but about surrendering and aligning my will with a loving higher power. 
Step four was challenging, but necessary in my recovery from compulsive overeating. It required me to honestly examine myself and my flaws, including the role of resentment and misconceptions about spirituality. Through this process, I gained a deeper understanding of myself and began to pave the way for true healing and transformation. The best way I can tell you about my transformation in step four is to actually walk you through two of my harder four steps. I'm going to quote from the AA 12 and 12. To escape looking at the wrongs we have done one another, we resentfully focus on the wrong he has done us. Triumphantly, we seize upon his slightest misbehavior as the perfect excuse for minimizing our, or forgetting our own. This quote summarizes everything you need to know about my victimhood. One of the most troubling defects I prayed to have God remove was needing people to be different. I needed them to be more like what I needed, what I wanted. For example, I needed my mom to be the mom I longed for, the loving, nurturing mom. Our relationship had been difficult since I was born. I don't know why. I no longer look for the reason. It no longer matters. In my morning prayers and meditation, I asked God to remove my need for my mom to be someone she couldn't be, the mother I had always longed for. So in step four in the first column, who do I resent? I resent my mother. Why do I resent her? Because she couldn't love me. What did it affect? It affected my self-esteem, personal relations, and ambition. What is my part? I needed my mother to love me like I wanted and needed to be loved. The last column, I write my defects, selfish. I needed my mom to be someone she couldn't be. I wanted a different out outcome. I wanted her to meet my needs, wanting what others had, and I didn't. Dishonest, I believed the lie I wasn't lovable. Self-seeking, the sole reason I stayed present in my mother's life was to try to win favor with her and get her to love me, trying to control and holding on to her resentment. I feared that I couldn't be happy unless she loved me. I feared other people would know how she felt about me. And I feared her criticism and believed what she said about me was true. Always holding in and pushing down my hurts, never ever expressing my disappointment or feelings. The big book does shine a bright and intense light on fear, describing it as evil and a corroding thread that can weave its way through the fabric of our existence. This depiction sounds more like a spiritual force than mere emotion. And I wore every bit of that fabric. Now God is taking that thread and weaving them into a beautiful tapestry. I am becoming the person he always intended me to be. I'm still a work in progress. My fear recognized in the fourth step was chronic and overwhelming. And then along with my other defects was a barrier to my spiritual growth and recovery. It led me to negative behaviors and reactions such as denial, avoidance, and even relapse, which sounds like a life unmanageable. In the big book, we call these traits the bedevilments. I've discovered that if my empty spaces are not filled with my higher power, then there is space for dishonesty, fear, selfishness, and self-seeking. After completing my four-step and seeing the list of my defects, I could no longer believe I was a victim. Instead, I began with God's help to look at the long list of defects. Playing the victim had served me for some time in my life, but no longer could it take up space in my life. In fact, it only hindered me and kept me stuck in the revolving door of compulsive overeating. The shift allowed God in and helped me release resentment, self-pity, fear, and control. 
Believe me, this is not an overnight matter. But at long last, it helped me take responsibility for my own happiness and accept my mom for who she was. I had to let go of any expectations of her and know that loving my God and serving him was enough. I also had to learn to forgive. When I no longer looked to my mom to be someone she could never be, I felt the very real beginnings of healing and acceptance. And more importantly, I was unburdened and free of this lifelong need for her love. A power greater than I am now feels those needs for me. I can see my mom in a new light, especially now that I have stepped out of the way and let God be in charge. The second first step I want to share is about my husband, who has given me permission to speak on this resentment. I resented my husband because of his addiction to alcohol. I was married for 10 years before I decided his drinking might be a problem. I asked him to stop drinking because it was affecting our family, but of course he couldn't. So step four in the first column, who do I resent? I resent my husband. Why do I resent him? Because he couldn't stop drinking when I asked him to. What does it affect? My self-esteem, personal relations, pocketbook, self-relations, and ambition. What is my part? I needed my husband to do everything I asked him to do. I needed him to show up as a husband and a father. The last column, I wrote my defects. Selfish. I needed to have him meet my needs. I wanted to control the outcome, and I was being self-righteous. Dishonest. I believed that the lie that everything in our marriage was his fault. I was doing the same thing with food, having unreasonable expectation, having a superior attitude. After all, I could eat a Big Mac and still safely drive the car. He was ruining our family. Self-seeking, by trying to control him, self-delusion, his disease was worse than mine and I didn't believe I had a problem, but he did. The fourth step helped me to see my part in the problems in my marriage big time. I had to acknowledge my own shortcomings, my own selfishness, and my own contributions to the breakdown of our relationship. It was a difficult pill to swallow, but it was necessary for me to take responsibility and accountability for my actions and behavior and behaviors. With the help of a good sponsor, I began to understand the importance of turning to a higher power for wisdom and support through prayer and meditation. I sought, God, I sought guidance from God and asked for the strength to change and grow. It was through this process that I was able to see my part in my marriage more clearly. I realized I'd been harboring resentment, holding on to past hurts, and refusing to communicate effectively. I also discovered that I'd been neglecting my own needs and priorities, which had contributed to the deterioration of our relationship. I spent most of my married life gaining and losing hundreds of pounds, while resenting my husband's addiction. Recognizing these patterns and behaviors were painful, but it was a necessary step toward healing, recovering, and rebuilding. I learned to let go and trust God's plan for my marriage. It wasn't an easy journey, and there were setbacks and roadblocks along the way. But I remain committed, thank you, to God, my program, personal growth, and restoration of my marriage. God, the 12 steps, and you all were the most important tools in saving me and my marriage. Recovery taught me to recognize my part in my marriage and approach conflicts with humility, compassion, a genuine desire, and plenty of 10 steps to understand and connect with my husband. I discovered the importance of active listening, empathy, and compromise in maintaining a healthy and loving relationship. 
The change in him directly results from the healing change in me. God did all that. Working on this program is hard. It's an hour by hour journey some days. Excuse me. Um, but the results are life-changing, healing, and all-encompassing. Step four was indeed a hard one for me. It required brutal honesty and deep dive into my character defects. I had to face my fears and securities and all the ways I had contributed to the problems in my marriage. I had to admit my wrongs, not just to myself, but to my husband and to my higher power. Without question, I would not be married today without seeing the defects of characters I brought to the marriage in step four and my 12-step recovery in OA. We just celebrated our 47th anniversary in June. God did that. Listing my faults in black and white made it possible for me to, to ignore or deny them, not to, to, to ignore or deny them any longer. It was a painful process. I was forced to confront the parts of myself that I wasn't proud of which had been hurting my marriage. God did the rest by restoring us to a happy place. I learned to forgive myself, which was one of the most challenging aspects of this step. I had to realize that I'm human and that I made mistakes. What mattered was that I acknowledged these mistakes and was willing to correct them. God did the rest by helping me to be relieved of some of those defects. Step four was indeed a turning point in my recovery journey. By finding my part in everything and taking responsibility for it, God was able to transform the dynamics of many of my relationships. It was no longer about blaming others for my problems, but about working together to create a healthier, more loving relationship. God did that. I'm summing up now. We are now on a different basis, the basis for trusting and relying on God. We trust in our infinite God rather than our finite self. We are in the world to fulfill the role he assigns just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him. Does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? God is everything. I need to do everything he asks of me. I have to be on watch for things that replace him in my life, my children, my husband, my mother, and so on. My victimhood and defects blocked me. How could God hear my prayers to all the false gods I had set up for myself while I was on my knees? If you were my friend, I might have assigned you the role of savior. My devotion to myself was the real problem. God helped me see that this was why I ate. My compulsive overeating was never about my childhood or marriage. I was in bondage to myself. No one could save me. My sponsor can't save me, but she helps with her support. My family can't save me, but they help me feel loved. My fellows can't save me, but they help me stay in the truth. I can't save myself, and I needed to stay out of God's way and let him take the starring role. I have partnered with God who loves, guides, and leads me to a better, more fulfilling life. The promise in the big book are real. I didn't believe them, but I do now. He wants this for all of us. If you are new to OA or to this meeting, my higher power using the 12 steps has transformed my life. And he still does that one day at a time. My higher power did this, and he's waiting to do this for you. Stay for the miracle. With that, I pass. Thank you very much. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. 
If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Thanks, Victoria. All right, Meredith, go ahead. Hey everybody, Meredith B, um, Recover Compulsive Overeater. I don't even know where to start with this, but really, Kathy, um, it's amazing how, how many people's stories you tell in your own, you know, all of us kind of do, but I, um, my fourth step was so hard because, I mean, I really, I could not see, I could not see my part. I, I thought the, de the demise of my marriage was all my husband's fault. And, um, I never thought I was a victim, but I had assigned myself that role in, in, in my mother relationship. And it was really cozy. I had built the like just wrapped up in that like a cocoon and it's just it's scary to think i mean before you before i did it um it was just i was like taking a leap into the unknown who am i going to be if i'm not blaming my terrible behavior on on somebody else but also, I didn't think it was terrible behavior. I thought it was right and justified. And there's no way, I, I don't know, that, like you said, God did that. There's, I mean, how else would I have ever seen that? Because if you tried to tell me, I would just be pissed at you and probably never talk to you again or something um, and, and go on a campaign <laughs> to try to you know, get everybody to turn against you. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't, anyway, I was just, um, yeah, I was an angry person and um, I could not see my faults. So, man, thank you. That was just powerful and amazing. And just really thinking about, yeah higher power like there's there's no way it could happen without without that so thank you so much Mwah. thank you meredith and claudine do you want to go ahead and share with us hi claudine um recovered compulsive eater kathy thank you so much for your share it was beautiful i i just i marvel because i know um what I know of you today is not the person you're describing. So it's just, it's such a, a testament to what this program does and how it changes everything about us if, if we allow it to. And I, I, you know, I just echo what's been said that we're just so blind to what we're doing. I mean, the way that my self-pity and, Denial manifested was just a simmering 
constant rage. And so it was a pursuit of justice. I had to have justice and understanding or I could not be okay. And it took some time. I mean, even after recovery for me and doing, doing my fourth step and all those things for just to keep for God to keep showing me, okay, this is you, this is you too. And I love you. And here's this part, but he can't show us at once. And so it's been such an evolution. Um, it, it just a constant shedding. And so um, that's what I hear in your story is that you, it was a transformation and it takes time and it takes, my gosh, does it take the support of this group? It, it's, it's so easy to say we couldn't do it if we didn't have it, but we, we could not do it. And that's, that's, I never believed it. I just didn't think I needed y'all to recover. I didn't. And I, I sit there and think, how could I not have seen? I, I saw right when I was supposed to. And so that's okay. So I just thank you for your vulnerability, for letting us know you. I mean, that's been a beautiful thing is to be able to, to see you and hear you. And I just love you to pieces. So thank you. Thanks, Claudine. Uh, Tess, do you want to go ahead and share? Hi, everyone. Thank you. I'm Tess, compulsive overeater. I'm in Rhode Island. Thank you, Kathy, so much for your share. Um, your share really resonates with me. I feel like you you told my story, a big part of my story, um, with the with the mother wound. Um, I guess um, I just started in this program recently in May and what's been coming up for me a lot recently has been who am I going to be once I'm released, I have re released all of this, this pain, right? And who am I going to be when I'm not blaming my mom and blaming other people? Like, I don't know, like, how does, how does that happen? Um, when you said that uh, I saw myself as a victim, um, I think that you said that I, I think I see that as myself, I, I see myself that way and have for a really long time. And I am seeing that I don't have to be that way. I don't have to see myself as a victim. Um, but I just, I'm like, so what do I do? <laughs> I know that's very, um, straightforward I'm just it's just a habit I feel like it's literally just my my habit I somebody snaps I'm gonna snap back somebody is rude I'm gonna be rude back like that's that's the natural go-to um but I'm learning through this program that that's not the actual natural go-to um and I'm I'm glad that you shared and I am looking forward to figuring this out with God who is my higher power and with my fellows and thank you and with that I'll pass Thanks so much, Tess. Uh, Jamie, do you want to go ahead and share with us? Sorry. Hi. Whoops. I'm sorry. I'm just pressing all kinds of buttons all over the place. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I'm just like, almost in tears. Sorry, I'm Jamie, um, compulsive overeater in Tennessee. 
Um, I was invited to this meeting tonight. Uh, I normally come on Wednesday nights, but not Mondays. And I am so grateful that that my sponsor said she wanted me to come to this meeting tonight because, uh, Kathy, I've actually had down your number to call you and I haven't uh, yet, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to now. Like others have shared, I was like, oh my gosh, her like top two resentments are my top two resentments <laughs> um, with my mom and my husband. Very, uh, so many similarities with the story. Um, I've been in, I've been in OA for four years, but honestly, I feel like I just, I began anew, like all over again, um, six weeks ago. And I'm like, it's, I have more joy and peace than ever, but so mm. many of y'all have shared tonight and it touches my heart too, because I couldn't put my finger on it or words to it. But it's like when others of y'all have said, who am I going to be after this or after the blame is removed or whatever? Yeah. I'm scared as crap about that. Um, with my mom, especially, uh, very, very scared. And I'm actually about to go into step four. Um, my last and one only other step four I did literally took me three years. Uh, I had very laid back sponsors, which I think that was all. I mean, they were wonderful, but I think that was what I was willing, a place that I was willing to be at or ready for. And now God like snatched me up and said, all the things you've prayed, right here now is the time we are going to get through this no dragging out all these steps anymore and I've just I thought I can't do it it's too tall of an order like the big book says but God's doing it God gave me the willingness and it's the most beautiful thing but yeah it is scary but how beautiful to have other fellows that are walking the road with us that have like somebody else in program says, God, I'll maybe a few bus stops before us that can help us when we go through that. So I know I've heard a number of y'all. I'm like, yeah, when I'm in my step four, I'm probably gonna be calling y'all. So um, thank you so much again, Kathy and everybody that shared. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank y'all. Thank you, Jamie. And Amy, do you want to go ahead and share with us? Thank you, Yvonne, and thank you, Victoria, um, Amy B., compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state from the food for today, one day at a time. Um, and thanks for everybody uh, who's here for the service of being here. Um, and I want to welcome the new faces that I see. If you're new to this meeting, if you're new to OA, if you're returning to this meeting, and um, if I didn't get a chance to say hi to you in the chat, hello. We're so glad you're here. Please take numbers, reach out, ask for help. Um, we get better together. Uh, thanks for letting me say that. Uh, step four. Oh, Kathy, thank you so much for your service tonight and for the care with which you took to share your experience, strength, and hope. That was so thoughtful and meaningful and personal. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Um, step four, 
I, I did a step four recently, deep dive in a program on emotional sobriety. But the first step four that I did, like out of the big book, like for real, which was not my first, first step four. Um, but the first one that really was faithful to the big book. It's faithful to the suggestions in the big book. I did it because I so much wanted the relief that I knew was promised in those ninth step promises. I wanted to make amends. I wanted to clean up. I wanted that so deeply. And I just wanted to go straight to it. Like I just, I was so focused on making the amends. And I was talking to someone about it, a recovered fellow. And they were like, well, what, you know, for what? And they just sort of questioned me a little bit. And I told a story that really sounded like what happens in column two and three, like the complaints about the person. They were like, you can't make the amends. You haven't done the work yet. And it was the stuff that I learned in four because of the surrender that I did in three, because of the understanding that I got in one and two, that allowed me to take that into five and see the patterns and then into six and seven and ask it to be removed and then get to the place where I could start to clean up the past and start to see those promises materialize sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And it really, the action of that starts in step four. Um, it's a, it's a rough step. That's my time. But the, I really think a lot of the miracles get planted there. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Amy B. All right. Penny N, do you want to come in and share? Hi, everybody. My name is Penny. I'm a compulsive reader. Grateful to be here with all of you tonight. Oh, wow. Kathy, thank you so much. That was, that was really, really, there was so much in there that, that I, uh, I, I was taking little notes and I couldn't write fast enough, but, um, you know, one of the things you said in the beginning was, um, living, living in, in victimhood and that that was just the normal place. And, um, yeah, that was me for a long, long time. And, um, you know, I got tears in my eyes when you were talking about the mom stuff, you know, who of us doesn't have mom stuff, but some of us have more mom stuff than others. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful that, that, uh, that this program helped me with my, you know, powerlessness over that relationship and that I was be able to uh, make some amends to my mom uh, before she died uh, seven years ago. And, uh, you know, I thought for sure, I, if you would have told me prior to that, that I would ever be making amends to my mom, you know, I never would have believed you because I was the victim. She had done me so wrong. And, um, so it just really, it really brought that all back when you were sharing that stuff about, about your uh, four step with your mom. And, you know, uh, you said aligning my will with a loving higher power, you know, and like, isn't that what it's all about for me today? You know, just asking my higher power what the next right thing is to do. And, uh, you know, throughout your whole talk, that's what I heard, just, just letting go and letting God and getting out of the way and, using my fellows and, and asking for help and all those things that I never knew how to do before coming into these rooms. So I'm really grateful to be here tonight. And I just, I've said it before, but, but I'm really feeling so connected to this meeting. I'm so glad I'm here. Thanks. 
Thank you, Penny. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording.